Now, I want, I want you to look down. Uh, I want you to look to your feet, if you would, um, and and tell me, dear listener, what, what are you wearing on them? I, I dare say there is formal research uh, to to bear out the proposition I'm about to advance, but I, I wonder how many of you are wearing a, a pair of sneakers, runners of some sort, maybe in the Jerry Seinfeld variety. Uh, who knows? But shoes built for comfort and or speed, they're ubiquitous. And, and that industry, the sneaker industry, is a huge one. A resale market alone valued at $10 billion. This footwear, it's also a cultural phenomenon, a decades-long subculture with a rich social and, of course, design history. Uh, Here to explain and dig a little little deeper into the shoes around your feet, uh, Ligaya Salazar is, is curator of Sneakers Unboxed Studio to Street, uh, it is it is a a happening that <laughs> will premiere in Australia at Hotter Home of the Arts on the Gold Coast. Ligaya, uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. Define a term for me before we begin. What what is a sneaker? Well, you know, if you'd ask me, because uh, I am based in London, uh, it's a trainer, really, not <laughs> a sneaker. But um, yeah, if you. In a more global term, it's it's obviously a piece of footwear that was originally designed to um, help you perform sports better. But obviously, these days, it's 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 a whole different. So now, really, you could argue it's it's footwear. It's what most people wear as shoes. So. Well, that, that's the interesting thing: that the the most people wearing aspect. I mean, that's that's a reasonably recent cultural phenomenon. Yes, it certainly is. I think um, probably even 10, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case, uh, certainly not um, for women. But I think uh, over the last decade or two, sneakers have just become uh, ubiquitous, as you said, and really what people consider first as footwear, unless they have to really, or they'd like to really dress up or they have to wear leather shoes for work. But I think there's lots of factors why why that's the case, but um, it's really a, quite a recent phenomenon. Which is not to say that that sneakers trainers uh, cannot be dressing up in in a in a very direct way. I mean, there there is a, a mm. an intricate sort of social structures around this this footwear, which gives certain styles great prominence. Yeah, certainly. I think obviously these days um, sneakers are quite often as expensive or more expensive as, uh, you know, designer hmm. leather footwear. So it certainly can be uh, can be uh, dress wear. But I guess the, the way in which you can decode what they mean is very different for each person, right? So as you say, sometimes it's just for, for comfort. Sometimes it's because you have like one of only 10 versions ever made. So there's a real spectrum of why people wear sneakers. That thing too of of, of resale and of the the prizing uh, of, of certain not just brands but styles. I mean, I mean that that's that's huge. <laughs> the, the the money in this as a, as a business is substantial. It is, it is, and that is even more of a recent phenomenon. Whilst whilst I'd say like sneakers kind of creeping in. As your um, as your everyday footwear has been going on for longer, the 
scarcity aspect in the resale market is something that is a bit uh, more recent, at, as, at least as a kind of more widely spread phenomenon. And um, is obviously, people do it for different reasons, right? People do do it for investment and they, they really see it as a, as a kind of, I guess, like a, as you would buy, invest into other things such as shares or like a house or something. <laughs> um, uh, but then, you know, then prior, the, the reason why it's like that is, is because sneakers or rare sneakers have always been sought out by people for style and for kudos mm. to be, you know, to be recognized as someone who was in the know. So that's where it comes from. And I guess now it's kind of blown up to into into something quite different. I guess the paradox in that is that is that the, the, the most prized would be things that you would never dare put on your feet, least of all wear outdoors, I imagine, given the the expense that's attached to them. I, well, yeah, these days that's, 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 you know, that's the case. And you know, when the the first kind of sneaker collector started, it would would have been things that people didn't want to buy. So it's like things like dead stock, uh, which is kind of things that were, weren't selling, and that sneaker uh, sneaker fiends and sneaker collectors would seek out in old sportswear shops, were were things <laughs> that people didn't didn't actually buy, right? Okay. But that that would become a, a rarity in their own right later on. Whereas now it's obviously something that's much more manufactured and created as a mm. something that you aspire to have. Whereas back then it was a slightly different way of creating scarcity or finding scarcity. As, as we speak, what what would be top of the tree? Is there a particular style slash shoe that would be the envy of any collector around the world? Oh, I think that that really depends on the t- on the type of collector, and the, the the values go up in different ways depending on who's uh, special at the time. But you know, I would always say that Jordans or early Jordans or limited edition Jordans will will be uh, up the mm. top of that tree at some in some in some capacity. Anyway. Just, I mean, that that's a really significant shoe because it it talks of a. A commercial relationship with an athlete, with a, with a particular company, which is is you know quite a story in itself. Um, mm-hmm. but, but perhaps describe those early Jordans for us and give, give us a bit of a sense of that story because it's a really interesting sort of indicative tale. I think. Yeah, I think I think you know Jordans are, are interesting because they are so ubiquitous right now, uh, which they hadn't been for a while. Uh, describe in, the shoe in, for in people who of- might not be familiar. <laughs> mm, okay, so the first Jordan shoe uh, is a high top basketball shoe. So it's it would have been made from leather. It was white, red, and black because uh, and Michael Jordan at the time was playing for the Chicago Bulls, and those are the colors of the Bulls, um, which in its own right was uh, revolutionary in that in that mm. in the sense that um, basketball. Uh, rules at that time were that you you weren't really allowed to wear any kind of color. They were all white with a little bit of color, but nothing was, you know, had real color on it. So, in their own right, they were quite uh, quite um, revolutionary in in the sense. So, but yeah, they are. Um, you probably you know most people would have seen them on someone in 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 the last ten years because they've been they've come back quite ba- quite big over the years. But yeah, they're, they're high top leather basketball shoes that 
look quite 80s because they were released in 85. So is this, does mean, that sound about right? Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> we're, we're getting a picture there. And um, is there a, you speaking there of, of Michael Jordan and, and these shoes and there's the, you know, the culture around basketball, which is pretty intrinsic to a lot of this, this conversation. How, mm. how does that then jump the Atlantic to, for example, the, the European or, or the British experience? Is, is there nuance here? Do we have uh, different styles? Is, for example, in, in Europe, is, is the, the popularity of particular shoes, is that maybe led by football or does, do different sports sort of take an upper hand um, <laughs> in, in the yeah, desirability? I, I... I th- they do, of course, and I think actually within European countries there's there's different stories to tell for sure. But I think as in the U in the US, I think it's really you know basketball drove um, or basketballers drove the uh, the the interest in 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 sneakers at the time. But it's it's youth culture and music culture that makes it cool, hmm. right? So even. So it's the same. You would you could say the same thing about um, the UK or other places in in Europe, where yes, you know maybe football um, led what models would be worn, but really it was the young people that wore them, and it, the occasions in which they wore them that made those shoes cool. That's certainly case for um, in the in 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 Europe. Really, it's more the the running shoes that become something that are very very important, like Nike. Air Max shoes, which are kind of the the icons of uh, of youth culture in in various places around um, Europe. So when, when it, the, it isn't it's it's a it's a combination of sport and and youth culture. I would say. When did the, you, you mentioned Nike there, and I wonder when when did the big manufacturers cotton on to what they had here culturally? Not until much 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 later. I mean, they they did the the big collaborations um, or big endorsements with music or hip-hop to be uh, specific in the 80s so they did obviously Adidas did a um, collaboration with uh, Run DMC and there was other things throughout the 90s but it isn't really until the later mid to late 90s that they realized that it's not about a mass market it's about creating kind of very limited cool collaborations that would make and elevate the, the the culture so that I mean that would have the effect. I guess here you have a, a very scarce product, but by association, if I'm still wearing the the manufacturer of the scarce product, I have some sort of um, incidental value attaches <laughs> to my mass-produced footwear. Exactly, that's exactly what it is because they were never uh, even in the sense that you know a, a product that would have been made 40 times for a specific collaboration they were just different in the sense that they were had they had different colorways it wasn't you know it was never and you know this is something that is important to say you know a piece of footwear is still a piece of footwear and it takes a long time to develop a specific model so these models were they weren't all different scarce models they were just different colorways of models so it's, it is a, a manufactured idea of scarcity and as you say it isn't uh it's still a mass-produced product design in this is of course huge i mean these are mm-hmm. especially the more the more sort of sports focused end of of this market these are 
these are products which have to perform in certain ways and and mm-hmm. and it's a, a business in which the the pressure to continually improve that performance is quite high it it must mm-hmm. attract some some pretty high end design focus yeah i mean i think design is is always like the, at the core of of all of it really of course saleability and marketing and all of that stuff is has become a, a big focus in something that probably is more visible from an outside point of view, but like the the kind of engineering and design of a product. And I, I hinted at this a bit earlier on is, is something like, you know, it'll, it'll take two to three years to really get a new model on the, on the road. And it's, as you say, continuously models are improved. I think there's one model that Nike um, has been um, producing is, has had got, that has gone over like, maybe like 42 iterations or something like that, because from the beginning, it's a running model that they've been, I think it's the Pegasus, and they've, they're on like, you know, number 42 or something like that, because they continuously it's a good improve thing. it. And it's, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not, it looks nothing like the first one, obviously. Okay. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's continuously being improved to performance functions. So, there is still a very big focus on on uh, performance, and that's why you know in the e- exhibition there is you know there's two two sections really there's style and performance, and they're they're equally they're equally important because without the performance you wouldn't you wouldn't get the you couldn't wouldn't get the footwear. And, and of course these you know the, the, their shoes and they they attach they attract a significant price. I'm thinking I think I think I'm right here in thinking that. The shoes that Kanye West wore to the 2008 Grammys got the the biggest price ever, 1.8 million at Sotheby's the, just in April this year. Um, you know more than me there, but it's possible. Uh, Kanye West <laughs> sounds still attracts. Uh, sounds plausible. It, his Red October collaboration with Nike is is still very much. Uh, it's one of the most valuable collaborations that have existed. So, which that's is interesting because <laughs> even even when the when the, the the star at the core of the style perhaps goes a little out of favour, <laughs> the, the yes. shoes nonetheless <laughs> they're still prized. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you you've said that the exhibition two bit style and performance. Is is there a challenge in an exhibition like this to not have it? Like people walking into a shoe shop, it's, you need to particular, yeah, particular imagination in the way this is presented. I guess that's kind of why I started with style, and really because also style is why we all wear sneakers these days. And style is, you know, because young people and music culture made sneakers cool, is why we all wear sneakers now. Otherwise, sneakers would still be gotten out for the, you know, for the run that you do every every week or whatever it's not really uh, without it we wouldn't we wouldn't be wearing it as footwear so style is is really where we start the story and what's also i think for me was interesting about that is is to foreground the people that made things like sneakers so popular and so cool hmm. before to before talking about the intent uh, of a designer and an engineer to make it work the best because at that point you go into like the more nerdy side of things and I feel like style is is the bit where people can see themselves a bit more and understand and you know like 
get into the stories of why people wear sneakers, whereas performances is the bit where you kind of understand the, the the kind of design intent and the the the, the reason why they were made the way made the way they are made so I guess that's that's maybe an answer to your question around um, uh, it not looking like a, a shoe shop because really it's for what's foregrounded is the um, to begin with is the the stories of people and then uh, when you go further in it's the kind of the engineering and the um, the science of it which is so, becoming extraordinary and and increasingly intricate and Eking amazing things out of out of shoes and and the, the, the their structure and the materials that go into them. Exactly, and I think you know it, it ends with I guess the the biggest design concern that uh, most people who work in anything to do with uh, making making a design object is is, is sustainability and how yep. to make an industry that that has a huge impact on our planet a little bit more um, circular. In various different ways, so I guess that's how people, you know, will leave the exhibition is to with a bit more of an idea as to how uh, designers, but also companies, are kind of trying to tackle that issue. Perhaps clutching a pair of Stan Smith mushroom leather sneakers. Exactly, that's right. Which <laughs> <laughs> is sustainability, and that's yeah, increasingly a concern. As as has been conversations around. Uh, labour force issues in, in the manufacture mm-hmm. of, of so many, you know, mass-produced products. The the use of cheap labour, and in some cases, sweatshop labour, is part of this this historical story. Definitely, and I think, I guess, sneakers were one of the first ones to be challenged on that mm. um, in in the early nineties, and I think may, maybe for that reason they've had to uh, sort their um, backyard out a little bit earlier than some other parts of the fashion industry. So, but that doesn't mean that the sustainability thing isn't still something that needs to needs a lot more work. Which is why you know it's it's important to 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 look at what people are trying to do in that field. Your own personal sneaker collection, Lagaya? Could you? <laughs> I'm I I've got, big confession. I'm not a sneakerhead. <laughs> uh, I have got I have got a kind of relationship to sneakers because I I used to play basketball semi professionally, but uh, I don't have a sneaker collection as such. I, uh, I I do like sneakers, but I'm not a sneakerhead. But I know many of them, so uh, which is why I, I maybe have a bit more of a glimpse into into why why it happens. I'm intrigued too in that when you were playing semi-professionally, did you did you always choose purely for performance and, and you know, how they made you work on the court or was there a, a style element as well? Oh, there was definitely a style element at the time <laughs> and also there was a... There was a personal preference as to who, which player you liked. Yep, I think that's 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 another another reason. Like I, you know, I I like Charles Barkley. This is going to give away my age, but um, <laughs> it's 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 the sneakers he wore that I was more interested in than than say Michael Jordan. But I think that's that's it's also to do with style, but then potentially also with your with the way you played yourself. So it's an area in which we we literally follow in footsteps, is it not? So that's. <laughs> It's understandable. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, and enjoy enjoy the visit. You're currently in the UK. Enjoy the visit to Australia when the yeah. the exhibition launches. It will be a, a fabulous thing yeah. to see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much for having me.
Lagaya Salazar, a curator of the show of which we speak, Sneakers Unboxed, Studio to Street. Now you'll find that the Gold Coast uh, at the Home of the Arts. We will pop a link uh, to all the information you need at the Blueprint page, the Radio National website. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.